readings from our game world to your game world? Readings in Lakesh. You guys who are all together are pretty far away from the computer, so you will need to really shout so we can hear you, okay? Yes. Good, we can hear you. Could you, could someone elucidate what's going on or what you're facing? Yes, I, I do it. So we are on the process to make again our codex. And we were talking about the infinity ring and how in the new moment of the community that we are integrating more members, this entity needs to be more clear for us before we were less people and it was like, we had other names for that entity before and then we disappeared that entity and now using the Torch technology we were facing again, okay, what is this infinity ring for us? And we have some discussions about how, how this is something that helps the game world and how we were also thinking how could be a, a hierarchical thing and how not. And, and we were discussing and we, we didn't have enough clarity yet. So we were wanting to, to, to call you and, and talk more about this entity of the infinity ring, how this entity serves the game world and on the same time, it's not something that, yeah, separate the people in, in hierarchical structures. Perfect. It's perfectly, perfectly well said. So this will be a valuable conversation for, for you and for other people watching this because we have not spoken so much about infinity rings. And I'm very happy to have this conversation because we discovered infinity ring empirically, which means it did not come from a theory in a book or anywhere. We discovered it <clears throat> out of necessity. It actually formed itself in front of our eyes. And we were in an infinity ring situation and we had to figure it out what it is. So let me just explain. In a Arkan game world, a Gaian game world, we need to remove the thoughtware that it's possible to have an organization with a hierarchical structure. The reason we need to remove that is or step out of that as a possibility is because a hierarchical structure has positions of authority. As you go up, they call it the ladder. You climb the ladder in the hierarchy. You get more and more power and more and more position of authority in a hierarchical game world. Theoretically, that makes sense because you would think 
that the most intelligent, creative, productive people would be the ones promoted up the ladder of the hierarchy. And you would want those people to be the leaders. So the idea of a leader is ancient thoughtware. It's outdated centuries ago, but people still use the old leader thoughtware. And the reason it's non-functional is because if you have a leader, you force yourself to have followers and you create a lot more followers than leaders. And so essentially using the thoughtware leader, you're creating a slave game world, slave master game world. A leader is the master, the followers are the slaves. Followers do what the master tells them to do. And this is adopted into a hierarchical power structure in a game world just by using that one word, leader. So an Arkan game world, we, have, we leave go, we let go of this concept of leader as thoughtware that comes from patriarchy. Of course, the patriarch is the leader, whether they are male or female. We let go of it, we let it fall away, and we replace it with a new word, spaceholder. And so what the value of the word spaceholder is that the spaceholder is not the leader. Spaceholder is merely the person at this time who's holding the space in which the group comes together in a torus. And a torus is a circular power structure, very different from a hierarchical power structure. A torus is like a donut. It's a circle made out of circles. You can see that it's a circular game world made out of circles. And in a torus power structure, there's infinite room at the top. The top meaning somebody taking responsibility. Whereas in a hierarchical power structure, there's very limited room at the top. And essentially one person is at the top or board of directors or CEO or whoever you call this person at the top, the priest. <laughs> so the in a Taurus game world, there's infinite room at the top, meaning really there is no top. What there is is, a, is anyone can take responsibility within the context of the game world. So this opens up huge amounts of creative collaboration space in a Taurus game world that's completely blocked and cut off in a hierarchy. And so one of the factors about a hierarchy that's horrifying it's really scary, is that the people who climb the ladder are the ones who get the power positions in a hierarchy. It's obvious. What is also obvious is that the ones who are best at doing whatever it takes to climb a hierarchical power structure are psychopaths. The ones who will do whatever it takes to get a position of power in hierarchy is a sociopathic, psychopathic personality. And you can just look around in modern culture and notice how every hierarchical structure around the planet 
whether it's at a university or a hospital or a, you know a, 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 a government of any kind, any even a the non-governmental organizations, the NGOs, are dominated. They're top heavy with psychopaths, and this is why <clears throat> that power structure fails because creating a bright future for humanity is not on a psychopath's agenda. The psychopath's agenda is to get more power. And that's it. To stay safe for their psychopathy. That's the, and you can just look around at any political figure in, in, in the modern world and notice, you know, even since 6,000 years, it's been that way. Started that way, hasn't changed for 6,000 years. So this toroidal power structure game is a new game world. It's a new form of game, new form of game world. And, and so it's being discovered as we use it in an archaearchal context. What's so amazing about the archaearchal context, the archan context, is that it has distinctions that modern culture does not use. So one of the main distinctions modern that archaearchy uses that modern culture does not use is gremlin, for example. And so when you have the distinction gremlin in a Taurus Arkan meeting, when when a gremlin behavior emerges or gremlin purpose emerges, it's identified immediately <clears throat> with a purple card. You hold up your purple card and you say, this is a emotional healing process. You know, it isn't, it has no validity. It's not valid in reality. This is an emotional reaction and the fear, your fear triggers your gremlin to show up and do a gremlin behavior in the space. And this does not belong in this space. So please go do your emotional healing process. Please go do your emotional, your, your gremlin transformation work which can take a year or two. Please go do that, then come back to the meeting because we need your intelligence, just not your gremlin that's unconsciously doing its work. So there's so many ways that a Taurus is a magnificently superior design for a game world than a hierarchical pyramid. And it's, and so I, I know that that's not the question right now, but I just want to mention how the Taurus liberates each person's nonlinear and unreasonable intelligence to serve the purposes of the game world. And so what we found is that we began experimenting with the Taurus game world design structure, power structure, and, and it was just working marvelously. And the thing is that, of course, every individual in the Taurus is different. They have a different purpose. They have a different mm, matrix that they've built so far on their path to hold different levels of consciousness, for example. They have different skill levels, different level of agency. And so there's so many diverse differences. And one of the differences has to do with what turns somebody on? 
like in, in, term, in other terms, it's like what makes them ecstatic? And what we found is that a person becomes ecstatic when they are being the space through which their bright principles and their archetypal lineage can do its work in the world. And this creates a, a, an, an internal experience, an experience of ecstasy. And it's, some people think that they can do what they think is they're supposed to do, or they do what other people might want them to do, or they do what makes them look good, or they do what pleases other people, or they do a job that nobody else is doing, and they're doing it because nobody else is doing it. And so they rescue, they rescue the job. And it, that turns out to be a responsible victim behavior, and it does not make you ecstatic. And that's how you can tell the difference. It makes you burdened, like you're cleaning up a mess that you did not make and you don't want to clean it up. In. And the secret agenda for that is revenge. You get to be a superior person because you're being responsible where other people are not. And we discovered, I mean, I think you personally had this experience when we were there at Inlikesh and we had this question about your garden. So I'm enough of a gardener that I looked at your garden and it was in miserable condition. And here I am at a permaculture center with a garden that is broken. You know, it's handicapped. It's, it's abandoned, essentially. There was an abandoned, and that was your central garden at in Lakesh's uh, permaculture center. And so there was this conflict, a, a really evident conflict, and we brought that onto the table. You know, let's look at what's going on with your garden. And as we investigated it, we found out that at that time in the history of Inlakesh, in that space, whoever was there, there was no one who was ecstatic about creating the garden. And it became obvious as to why. One of the reasons being that abundance of amazing vegetables being produced by the local Mexican villagers all around you that were happy to sell you amazing vegetables and, and you had no time and energy of your own. You didn't have to fight the aphids and the ants and the birds and to get your vegetables out of the ground. They'd already figured out how to do that. Why should you grow vegetables there? I mean, that's an obvious reason why not to have, you know, to put time and energy and attention into the garden. But the point was <clears throat> that some people were trying to grow the garden a little bit because it's a permaculture center. You should have a, should have a garden. But there was nobody being ecstatic about having a garden. And, and so when that was put on the table and you guys, do you want to have a garden? Who wants to have the garden here? And nobody put their hand up. You say, okay, let the garden go. And so many people went, ah, you know, oh, what a great thing. You know, and it's, it's then you have a permaculture center that works on inner permaculture in, in, and focuses on the inner permaculture because that's so needed now. 
it's so much necessary for people to grow the garden inside themselves and that you people, your Inlakeshians are getting more and more skilled at helping people pull the weeds out, let the garbage go, remove the blocks, add in fertilizers and bright principles and elements that make for the possibility of humans growing amazing inner gardens, which is what they can take with them when they when they go away. It lives for the rest of their lives. And if they just leave with really good carrots, you eat them and they're gone, or they rot all by themselves. But the inner garden that people grow at Inlakesh does not go away. It stays with people the rest of their lives. And so that when you have a small game world, essentially people can do what they love to do, and the game world will thrive in a, in a small game world. And, and what, what we noticed is that there's a, a size of a game world. As a game world is successful and starts to grow, the diversity of, the, of what turns people on gets bigger and bigger. And it doesn't work to have everyone assume that everyone will be radically responsible for the caring of the game world. It just doesn't work that way, but especially when you bring in new people or visitors or guests or exchange people or things like that who have not developed their matrix or their skill base to, to work in your game world, that they came there for training. They came there for healing. They came there for thoughtware upgrade. They came there for building, learning how to build their inner garden. And so, but, and then there are the people who are holding space for that. And so what to formalize the reality of that, it's possible to notice who in your game world is naturally taking radical responsibility for the certain structural elements of your game world to fly. And for that group of people, to come together and acknowledge that in each other, to acknowledge that, wow, you've been handling the newsletter. Wow, yeah, you've been handling the data. You've been handling the, the, you know, the building code design with the local authorities. You've been handling the, the kitchen. You've been handling you know, like this. There's these roles that people naturally are ecstatic about holding space for. And when that The people who naturally, without motive, without external motivation, are gravitate towards taking holding space and holding positions of responsibility cannot be employees. They cannot be paid for this. Because if this is their job, then they're doing it for a survival purpose. And money distorts the field in a non-useful way. So for example, in the possibility management game world, not one of the infinity ring space holders gets paid by the game world. And so that we're doing this because there's nothing else we would rather do. This is what we're here to create. This food from creating it 
feeds us more than money ever could. And money, if money were added to the equation, it would degrade our participation in the game world because we would behave in such a way as to be an employee, as to you know, be told what to do and do it, or in a survival, it's a survival situation. And so it's a, an, an element of the infinity ring that the people holding space for these components, these essential components of the game world are not employees and not paid. And, and so the, the, another factor just to remember is that like, like, like the example we gave about the garden is that if there are elements, an element of the game world that nobody in the game world wants to source organically, trying to force it to be part of the game world will just strangle the game world. It will confuse things and burden people and force the game world to, to be a slave of somebody's needs or belief system or fantasy world. And it would really handicap the game world. So what that means is the people come together as the infinity bring, when the game world's bigger and the infinity bring people show up, what they need to happen and what they what turns them on to, to make to create builds the game world. So it's not that the game world matches an already existing fantasy world or concept of what the game world should be. The game world is created ongoingly out of what the people in the infinity bring love to source, which means the game world itself evolves. The game world is an evolutionary structure, just Taurus, te Taurus technology, Taurus power structure. It evolves. It's an evolutionary game world. It has a space to evolve <clears throat> because it follows the essentially the archetypal lineage and intentions of the game world. It isn't, it isn't a personal box restricted, you know, psychological survival strategy restricted <clears throat> design. It comes out of the archetypal lineage that are, that are participating in the game world. So these archetypal lineages are collaborating creatively through you, through your infinity ring to create the game world. It makes the game world serving something greater than itself. The game world is serving archetypal lineage, bright principles, echo, you know, evolution as, as as serving these things, these forces of nature, archetypal forces of nature, and and that makes that feeds the game world. And as it comes through your infinity ring, the people of your infinity ring, that it also feeds everybody else in the game world with real food. So every time, for example, I'm on the part of the infinity ring from the possibility management game world that produces a possibility management newsletter once a month. Do I have time once a month to write a newsletter? No. Do I, do I have the energy? No. But I do have a love of feeding the people in the game world. There's part of my archetypal lineage is to write it down. It's like my job in the world is to write it down. And so every time I produce a newsletter, I get fed. It turns me on to write the newsletter. 
And I don't write the newsletter because it has to be written. I write the newsletter because I write things down. I am, I am a documenter and I feed the game world through creating a newsletter for everybody. And so the, the, so the way that the infinity ring comes into existence is a mutual recognition of those people, those few people in the game world who are radically responsible for causing game world elements to thrive without the impetus, without the inspiration of money. And so, and, and then it's fantastic to have a meeting of your infinity ring and to acknowledge, and you can basically build a, website so publicly acknowledge who is the infinity ring of your game world and what are the elements of the game world that they are that they love to create so in possibility management we have distilled 12 um, let me say categories 12 services provided by the infinity ring of the possibility management game world. And since there's only about six people in the infinity ring, of course, several people are, are sponsoring several of the items. So I do other things besides just work on the newsletter for possibility management and other, other parts also. And it's just facets of my life that feed me, that turn me on. Whereas I get to play high level fun. I get to be in the space of creation, surface something greater than myself. And I get to be with other people doing the same thing. <clears throat> so when you have an infinity ring, it's very easy for people who were born and raised in the patriarchy, where every organization is a hierarchy, to assume that the infinity ring is the inner circle. And is essentially uh, the top of the hierarchy or the secret part of the organization. You know, the the power holders or something like that. It's easy to assume that and then to project onto the people in the infinity ring or the, okay, you're persecuting me. I'm a poor slave. I have no power. I'm, and there's all these shadow world games that can easily be played out from people using patriarchal thoughtware, outdated thoughtware. And so one way to help those people really understand what the infinity ring is, is when you draw the torus as the power structure for the game world, you put, you put the infinity ring not at the middle. It's not at the middle circle. It is not the inner circle. You actually put it on the outside of the, of the torus. So it's actually this outside of the torus, meaning it's visible to everybody. There's no secret about who, who is in the infinity ring, you know who they are and what they're doing. So we have a website called possibilitymanagement.com or possibilitymanagement.mystrikingly.com in which there's a big you know, a list and a graphic and it's like, it, you know everybody who's in which part of the infinity ring and what they're up to. And that changes over time. And so it's public, public document visible and it's at the outside of the Taurus. And so what that means is it leaves the inside open, leaves the center of the game world open for anyone to take 
higher levels of responsibility. And so what, what will happen is somebody pretty new that the game that your game world takes in as a as participant in the game world, it brings them in because you're not using a, some method or some test to make sure a new person can qualify to become a member. What you do is somebody comes to your game world and says, says, can I join your game world? The answer is no. It's always no. You cannot join this game world. You cannot be a member of this game world. However, you can participate in the game world. And so there's all these ways that a person can participate in the game world. And over time, the organism that is the game world will function like an amoeba, which is a living one cell organism in it. And the way an amoeba eats is that when it sees some food over there, it senses some food and it's hungry. It extends a pseudopod, surrounds the food and just brings it in. This is what a, how an amoeba eats. This is how your game world eats. Also, this is how your game world brings in new people. So somebody who's been participating in your game world for a while, you'll be having meetings and talks and creating projects and building stuff and solving problems. And all of a sudden, everybody will go, gosh, you're, you become part of the game world. And you can just celebrate. That's all. But it has no, there's nobody in charge of deciding, do you pass the test, yes or no? Do you pass the test, you live or you die? There's nobody who has to decide that. The game world chooses its component, you know, its components, its, its members, its feet and its legs and its the participant. The game world chooses organically. It's an organic process, not a reasonable kind of test process or anything. And so then when the game world brings in new people, they're not new people. They're already old people. The game world only brings in old people, even if it's only been three months that they've been around. And old people that the game world brings in already have a job to do. They already have a contribution that they're making, or co-creating, or they're, they're, they're feeding, they're co reciprocally feeding with other organs in the game world. And it's possible that a person who's only been around three months is, becomes a member of the infinity ring. They don't have to be 10 years you know, in the game world before they get certified or tenure, as they say at the university. So, so that's how people come and go from the infinity ring. And it's possible that people leave the infinity ring. And that happens when their archetypal lineage diverges from its original format or structure. It just evolves into a different place. And we've had people, people you never thought would leave the infinity ring of a game world. They leave. They get called off into some other track or some other thing. And, you have, and it's really important to gracefully let them go, to acknowledge that you know, most of their time and energy and attention is going over somewhere else and be clear about it, you don't keep those people around because it would be a shell of a, it would be a burdensome, energy draining, confusing act to try to keep those people still in your game world, even theoretically, you know, because they were here at the first days or founding days, you know, if they have a different purpose and they've got, you, you cut them off, you take them out of your website, you know, you remove them from all the structures, you say goodbye, you have a celebration, you thank them, and you send them on their way. So it's important to, to do that also, to have a living, a living game world. 
I think those are the main things I wanted to put on the table with regards to infinity ring. And so what, how are we doing? Like, how is it working with what your needs are right now? I want to know in our case, um, infinity ring may have special, um, special things to cover and to take special decision. We, we bought land together. We don't have this with things like uh, that we are bound to, to different um, responsibility modes. I don't know how to say it, but in this infin infinity ring or the infinity ring of us may have the last words upon our our land issues or something I don't know because yeah. if we let in somebody there what what happens yes thank you for this question it has to do with radical responsibility and so here you have a game world so for example each person in the infinity ring is one of your primary organs in your organic organism called your game world. And so let's say you're the heart. So Monica, if you are the heart, you have different considerations than the liver or the brain or the intestines. You have a different, so to, to ask the, the intestines, you know, what should I do about how fast I should pump right now? My heart, you ask the intestines, you will get completely, the whole game world goes crazy when you do that because only the heart knows. And so the heart loves being the heart and the intestines love being the intestines. And so part of the, the radical responsibility part is the heart decides radically for what is wanted and needed by the heart. And so whoever is in the, in the infinity ring, the one or two or three people who are looking at the game world from the, from the perspective of land ownership, occupying land, you know, caretaking of land. There's another word I'm looking for. Stewardship. Uh, stewardship, thank you. I'm glad you have this psychic connection all the way across the world. Thank you. <laughs> Stewarding, you know, the, the person the person who is the person that one, two or three people in your infinity ring who are who are whose domain it is to decide what land you steward in a you know in a way that serves Gaia and humanity and all the life forms, you know, the soil, the, the microorganisms, everything in that in the land stewarding, you decide. And it takes a kind of arrogance that modern culture has trained us to not be arrogant. It's a bad thing in modern culture to be arrogant. Yet in, in, in archiarchy, you need arrogance to be radically responsible and to move, to take action, to take radical action, to have agency, to cause things to happen when you don't have enough information. You cannot predict the future. You don't know 
if it's the perfect right answer. But you you're in touch with a couple. What I usually do, I'm I'm in so touch with. Go ahead. So I have arrogance. <laughs> it has not to do with being hierarchical. Right. Thank you. And it also it also has not to do with being inclusive. Inclusivity is a fake concept. It is a low drama, green brain, child level response. It's a child level contamination of the adult ego state called inclusivity. I want to, I want to yes. play. I want to play in your game. You have to include me. Sorry, we do not have to include you. Grow up. You know, get, wake up, get with the program. You know, if you have something to bring here, then bring it. But we're not doing it out of any kind of rescue move like inclusivity. This is a, a, a damaged piece of thoughtware. <laughs> so you need to be arrogant in a certain radically responsible kind of way, which is you have to be able to communicate what you see and what the sense is of the need in the game world. And so... I mean, like I make moves in the possibility management game world that are are totally outrageous. And I do it because I'm radically responsible for the choice. I follow up, I pay for it, I, you know, I work at the, the time, the energy, the money, the people, and I build a new part of the game world. I don't ask anybody. Or, you know, I ask a couple of the other people who might be concerned in the in the infinity ring, I say, look, I'm thinking about this. What do you think? And they'll go, oh, try this. Don't forget about that. You know, they say a couple of things and, but it's not their problem. You know, I'm creating a problem for myself and I will handle the problem because I'm radically responsible. And it benefits the game world in ways that people might take two or three years, even five years before they realize what I just did for the game world. It shows up five years later and people go, Wow. Well, this is amazing. How did this happen? I go, oh, I don't know. Just lucky, I guess. But I was moving five years ahead <laughs> of the game world, five years ahead of the game world, building infrastructure so people could inhabit it five and then realize how amazing it is. And this is you need that kind of arrogance to just move because your archetypal lineage is vastly intelligent. You get this? Your archetypal lineage and your bright principles are vastly intelligent. Over, They have a broad perspective of time, energy, space, materials, non-materials. And you can radically rely on your, on your archetypal principles, your archetypal resources. You can radically rely on them. And that's when things start really getting fun, is when you radically rely on these archetypal resources. And they have you do stuff that other people are going, what? You did what? You just go, yeah. I did it before breakfast. And after breakfast, I did this, something else. So, you know, people around here, they're still sleeping. And I'm up here reinventing the game world. They wake up and they go, oh, there's three more websites. You know, we have connections with two other game worlds. We have, we have a, we're committed to a job to deliver, you know, we're making a documentary film about possibility management, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's these wild things going on that the game world that, that, that come through the infinity ring being ecstatic to create what they're what they can create together. Yes. Wow, thank you. 
you are laughing. Yes, it's getting a lot of burden out of us. <laughs> uh, from this inclusive uh, childhood stuff thinking. Yes. And thank you for the upgrade. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah, for, for me, it was important this distinction that the infinity ring is not like the central circle. It was more or less what we had some years ago. It was like mixing. We were going again to this structure, and it helped helps me a lot to to know that it's something not on the center, even outside of the torus. Yeah. For me, as a lot of logic, because the outside is containing the torus or one of these rings. Yes. And and yeah, this arrogance. Also for me, it's like some answer of how we let people in in the game world. Yeah, I'm still integrating, but brings me clarity about the distinction of being not hierarchical, but yes, using the experience and the knowledge and the path to hold the space. Yeah. Monica, what's that word again that you told me? Stewardship. Yeah, thank you. There's, so, there's such a... Uh, 